but it's Metallica. Now that we're dead. I'm sorry? Now that we're dead. Loser. podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not the musings of an old man are just a hallucinogen trip because that, i mean how else do you describe what we just watched as always as always you're listening to us on soundcloud.com slash grapples apples that's grapples on number two apples if you don't like soundcloud you got google play music or apple Podcasts. doesn't matter where you're listening as long as you're listening as always i'm one of your hosts ill will the thrill the poetarian shakespearean candidate major english whatever you need me to be that's who i be because that's who i is joined by Live from the sexual palace that is Shade's bedroom. The very sensual, the very tight, Mr. Sunglasses at night himself, your boy, Shades. Oh, as per usual, when WWE has a pay-per-view, we are here to give you a live recap and review immediately after the show. And this show... The showcase of the immortals. WrestleMania 36 is no different, except for like this year. There's both of us on the show. Last year it was just me by myself. Uh, this year it's a two-parter. Oh, yeah, this, is, this is me on my. This is technically my first WrestleMania. I guess episode because we started like after WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Yeah. So technically, this is my first WrestleMania podcast. Wow. This is. Look at you. Man, Look at you. Two. Two. WrestleMania podcast, and I'm not at your house again. I know. <laughs> All right. Now, before we get into any of the details and all of the details, there's one thing that we got to do. My man Shades, please, from the Sexual Palace, do me the favor. Ring that bell. So, Mr. Thrill, if you don't mind me starting off. By all means. The, the, <sighs> there's no other word to call it except... Drug-induced festivities. <laughs> that was WrestleMania 36, Part Uno, of the too big for just one night event. Prior Wait. to WrestleMania starting, Wait, is that is uh, that the nickname house. that they had for the bag of drugs they did before they went on? It was too too big for one night, so they had to share it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on their Wicked page now, and it's just like. Um, tagline too big for one night, and I was like, "Nah, nah, man, <laughs> it's, it's not. This is like, man, bad trip in Tijuana. Don't want to do this again. Like, this is a bad bachelor party. Stop. So, WWE announced that they're going to be two pre-show matches added, mm-hmm. uh, two matches added to the card: Cesaro taking on Drew Gulak. And, uh, what's your name, Liv Morgan taking on Natalia. So, the match cards weren't really placed out. We didn't know what we were going to get because Corey Graves and my boy Peter Rosenberg were on the kickoff panel standing in front of 
what could only be described as the absolute worst green screen <laughs> in the history of green screens. I've seen Twitch streamers with better green screens than them. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Like, it it looked like some pedestrian. Um, and I don't even know how to explain it. Like the graphics on the green screen were great, but it was so evident that it was green screened. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's the whole night starts off at you know six p.m. The green screen kicks it off for us, and they're they're running down like, "Hey, this is WrestleMania." You know, there's no fans here, but we're still treating it like a big deal, and that's what they did. You know, they had um. Booker T and Mark Henry and Renee Young uh, do their backstage uh, webcam thingy, and Booker T's in a tux, and Peter Rosenberg and Corey Graves are in a tux, and um, Renee all done up, and Mark Henry is in what Will the Thrill said was silky pajamas. They look like silk pajamas, bro. <laughs> so Mark Henry was, and you ain't gonna say nothing to the world's strongest man. This is fact. So. Uh, everyone's they're, they're trying to make this still feel like a big deal, which is cool and all, but for me, I was just like, mm, you don't need to. This is coming across a little forced, is, right. is the best way to describe it. Right. Um, and then we dive headfirst into the buffoonery with the John Morrison and Mike the Miz Mizanin. Uh, this track slash video on the Usos and the New Day, and uh, after much research, I found it, and it's called Hey Hey. Not on iTunes yet, <laughs> but once it is, I will be bumping that for the Yo, future. That song was ridiculous. So, <laughs> it was cartoony, it was over the top, but it was entertaining. So I'm like, you know what? The pre-show did a good job at, like, <clears throat> easing us into what may be one of the wackiest nights in wrestling history for me. <laughs> the only one, the one pre-show match that they had was Cesaro versus Drew Gulak, and it was a very short match, about four minutes. Cesaro um, can go, Gulak can go, uh, but... This was this was here. This is a, a palate cleanser. This is a here. Taste this. Yeah. There's more to come. Sure. Uh, had a bit when Cesaro hit him with the European uppercut, and then he did like a an airplane, but he didn't have his hands on him. He was just doing the turning around and then pinned him one two three. Bad way to win. I mean, uh, what's his, the nebulizer or neutralizer? Neutralizer. Or the, uh, equalizer. Neutralizer. I don't understand why he didn't beat Drew Gulak with that. It's his finisher. For me, this weekend's Drew Gulak. It was like a European uppercut and an airplane beats you. Thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the finish either, which is a theme that we're going to notice across the night. But, um, I mean, look, this was definitely a... We need a kickoff show. You guys are both in the building already anyway. So, just go out there and give me like seven minutes. So, but they didn't give him seven minutes. They gave him five. Fine, whatever. Cesaro wins. It was it was a throwaway nothing match. It only feeds into the Sami Zayn Chris. Um, oh, excuse me. I was gonna 
Like Chris, Chris Wu. Wu. Crispin. Chris. Um, <laughs> Daniel Bryan. Okay. The same thing, Daniel Bryan feud. Okay, story progression. Uh, one thing you and I have always discussed and always agreed on is don't just have throwaway nothing matches. Have something that progresses towards yeah. a storyline. And this, there's nothing really doing it, but they're in a feud right now, so it makes sense to have this match. Fine, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the, the show opens properly. I was segueing to you, Thrill. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were just running with it. I was like, yo, do you, boo-boo. Um, no, 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 no. You know, like, you know we, we go back and forth. We're, we're far away right now, but we got to keep to old traditions because if not, then without traditions, Tradition. we're just beasts. This, you're 100% right. So <laughs> the show opens proper with the tag, the women's tag team championship match. Alexa, Cro- Alexa Cross. Oh, my God. Might as well. Maybe as well be. <laughs> Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross challenging the Kabuki Warriors for the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, I mean, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, I didn't mind this match. It was 15 minutes long. I thought it was perfectly fine. There was nothing like egregiously bad. There was nothing amazing. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Egregiously bad. Considering I'm the one who pointed it out to you, don't you think that I want to bring that up also? I'm not going to bet. Did I, I steamroll you? I did not. I'm but you said saying. there's nothing that was egregiously bad, and that is egregiously bad. I'm sorry. Really? You thought that was egregiously bad? Absolutely. Okay, so in terms for me, I'm thinking about in terms of the match quality. The match was like nothing in the match made me go, man, this match is a stinker. But what Shades is alluding to is... There's a a, par, a portion of the match, probably in the beginning of the third act of the match, where there's a pinfall attempt. I believe it's Nikki Cross's pinning Asuka, and the ref clearly... Okay, so the ref counts one, two, and then you can clearly see, feel, hear, sense... I don't know how, like, what exactly, what my brain picked up on, but it was very obvious to me that they quickly cut to an edit where Kyrie Sane broke up the three count on time, where originally you could tell she definitely did not make the breakup. So yeah, it, it, was, it was clearly like Kyrie Sane was still climbing the ropes when he was at two. Yeah. And then before he hits three, it cuts to Kyrie doing an insane elbow to break up the pit. Right. So, like, you can... You can see that it was definitely, like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty obvious that there was a cut there. And as soon as I saw it, I immediately was like, oh, there's an edit. There's an edit. Yeah, uh, so uh, for backstory purposes, Maddie Bizzle, Will the Thrill, the Big Dog, a.k.a. Big Sexy Joey, and myself were all in a three, four-way group chat. And we were just active all night is the best way to describe it. And... I look at my phone because I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at home. I'm trying to watch WrestleMania, and, and and my lady's leaving for work. So I'm saying bye to her. So I miss the edit, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" So I go like to Twitter because you know, once it's on Twitter, yeah. it's out there forever, right? And I, not, not some random person, WWE actually tweeted it out. The edit job, really? Yes. 
they tweeted out Kyrie saying breaking up the pin um, to save the tag team titles or something to that effect. And it was the edit job. And I was like, ooh, that's bad. Why would they? So they didn't even try and, like, cover it up. Nor did they directly mention it. But they showed it and acted like it was no big deal. They doubled down on it. Oh, man. They doubled down on it. Oh, man. That was like, all right, screw it. Y'all gonna do this? Y'all gonna do it? I don't understand those people. I don't. I mean, (laughs) that's gonna be said more than once tonight. But (laughs) You ain't lying. Oh, God. Okay, um... I'm I'm so like I'm I'm tripped now. Where are we in the in the match? Oh yeah, after the the edit cut, um, that's when we start getting towards the the finish of the match, which you know, anyone who's ever watched these four women, kind of has an idea where this is going. We're gonna get an insane elbow. We're gonna get a swinging neck breaker. We're gonna get a twisted bliss. It's just a matter of what order, and it just so happened to be in that order. So. Alexa Bliss ends up with the pin over Kyrie Sane to become the new, once again, tag team champions. Two time. Two time. Two time. You, one thing that I didn't that I did wanna I completely forgot about that I mentioned when we were chatting during the show was um a lot of liberties were taking taken with the rules in this match. And, like, the first example of that that I noticed was, okay, so this is me becoming, like, wrestling nerd nitpicky stuff. But when you're in a tag match and you're in your corner, they had that rope. You're supposed to be able to hold onto that rope to make the tag. So that's as far as you can go away from your corner for the tag to be legal. If you let go of that rope and let's say you're halfway across the, the, the apron to the other turnbuckle and you make a tag, that is not a legal tag. However, in this match, they said, rules be damned, Alexa Bliss drops the rope, runs halfway across the apron, and does a blind tag on Alexa, Alexa, man. That's the second time. I know, on Nikki Cross, who's coming off the ropes. And the ref just, yeah, tag made. I'm like, what? No, that that's not a legal tag. That's not a legal tag at all. And that ref was like, yo, screw it. I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Shay, you also mentioned at some point, Kyrie Sane was the legal competitor, not Asuka, but they were wrestling, like, the other way around. Okay, so... The situation in question was... Asuka tags in Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane... I'm just closing my room door. The, the, the doors to the sexual palace. <laughs> Kyrie Sane and I believe it was Nikki Cross at the time, they get dumped out of the ring. Okay, we've seen this spot a million times. No problem. They're going to fight on the outside of the ring. They're going to go back inside. Whatever. After, I would say, maybe about a couple of minutes of fighting, maybe two, two or three minutes of fighting outside, maybe less, Asuka gets back in the ring and Kyrie stands on the apron and I'm like, I didn't see a tag here. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all just going to speed past this like no one's going to acknowledge this and I don't think that um anybody caught it except me because 
I'm an eagle-eyed wrestling fan. Right. So, I'm going to say, all right, fine. Do whatever you guys want. Exactly. Oh, and before I get to mention in the Drew Gulak match, Drew Gulak is a, a technical wrestler. We all know this. Right. He's, he, he does a lot of submissions. And he at one point, he had the yes lock on Cesaro. And everyone knows what the yes lock looks like. Right. And Michael Cole calls it a cross face. He could have said, oh, he's adapting his friend's finisher. He's got him in the yes lock. Right. Anything. But they didn't do that. They dropped the ball. Whatever. Continue on to the women's match. I'm sorry. So no, that part, uh, like, no, you're right, but I, I do, I do actually want to address that because I think you're right. So at first, when you mentioned it, I was like, well, duh, he's not gonna, you know, that's it's a branding thing. When you know, when Randy Orton does the cutter, it's the RKO. When uh, Matt Hardy does the cutter, it's the twist of fate. When the Dudley Boys do the cutter, it's you know three, like you know what I mean? Like there's it's branding. However, yeah. considering Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak are a pair right now, you're 100% right that Michael Cole dropped the chance to to add that. And I think that would have been a really smart thing to add to commentary for that bit of the match. I mean, that's something that they missed. But again, I don't want to dwell on that. We passed the pre-show. We're on to the women's match. Yep, yep. Um, I'd, I'd like to talk about the finish of the women's match because for me... Um, again, this is something that, that was almost uh, a, a theme all night was the finishes were kind of wonky. Mm. Uh, Alexa Bliss goes up for the Twisted Bliss and she just barely gets uh, Kyrie Sane. She gets her on the legs yeah. and Kyrie, Kyrie Sane reacts and you think she may kick out so she can do the Twisted Bliss again, nope. but she doesn't. You get the one, two, three. Uh, Bliss and Cross are, again, the new... Tag team champions. For me, um, who cares who are the tag team <laughs> champions? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to uh, Bliss and Cross. They're 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 fantastic performers, but they they've done nothing. Everyone from the the inaugural champions of uh, of the Boston Hug Connection to the current champions now Bliss and Cross. None of them have done anything to elevate the women's tag team championship because there aren't any or there aren't a lot of women tag teams to 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 go against to make the belts feel somewhat important. Yeah, no, I agree. Which I think was the the mistake that they made when they took the belts off of uh, Bailey and Sasha last year. Yeah. You know, they that was their whole objective, Sasha and Bailey at least, was to make those belts mean something right off the bat. And, you know, here we are, a year later, and the belts don't mean anything. I mean, Asuka and the Kabuki Warriors have the longest reign at 181 days. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if anyone's ever really gonna surpass that. Because it's like, eh, whatever. Like, it's a nothing. For me, it's just it's it's just a piece of shiny like gold they they put around their waist and 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 bring it around. That's it. There's they, there's, they don't really defend it. They're, it. they're not really prominent. The right. most we've seen the belts were when uh, Bailey and Sasha were holding them. Yeah. And, and and it's so disappointing because that's like when 
they were the champions, it was there was so much fanfare behind it. There was so much promise. We're going to defend these titles on all shows. It doesn't matter, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, blah, blah, blah. You know, we want to make these titles mean something. And then once they dropped the belts to the Iconics at WrestleMania last year, like, the Iconics did nothing with it. The Iconics dropped the titles, and we haven't seen them on TV since. Yeah, they dropped the titles on, like, a nothing Raw 2, Bliss and Cross. Right. And then didn't... If I'm not mistaken, the Kabuki Warriors beat beat them in a ladder match or something. No, that was um Charlotte and Becky. It was a fatal four way like elimination match that the Kabuki Warriors won. Right? I don't remember, dude. At, I really don't. And Hell in the Cell. Was that what it was? I think so. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Um, uh, as long as WWE, especially with the COVID nineteen thing right now. There's no reason for them to change titles. Um, they're they're not going to be able to really defend them. Uh, okay, this, these belts are going to fall into obscurity eventually. Maybe a year or two down the line, they're going to get uh, taken off TV, and it's unfortunate because uh, Bailey and uh, and and Sasha Banks fought for this for so long. Yep, so, and and. To do nothing with it kind of sucks. I agree. That kind of sucks. Definitely sucks. sucks. Totally sucks. Yeah, definitely sucks. <sighs> but anyway. Uh, speaking of sucks. Speaking of match. sucks. <laughs> perfect segue. Talk about, you can talk about this match all you want. Go ahead. This is all you, buddy. So, uh, on the pre-show, uh, I, I don't know if it was Kayla or, or the, the other girl or whatever... She's interviewing King Corbin, and King Corbin saying that, that Elias is not going to be able to wrestle after his fall. Um, no musical performance, but he'll give us a musical performance, and he pulls out a harmonica. And I don't know the actual name of the song. Maybe you do. It's like, da na 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 Do you know what that song is? da na 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 I mean, that's Da-na. like any blues song ever, basically. Okay, so, okay, there you go. It's a blues uh, it's song, ba- right? um, Bad to the Bone. Okay, I didn't know the name of it. Bad to the Bone. Yeah. Thank you. Now, you're the music guy, so, you know, I was expecting you to actually know what that was. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bad to the Bone. So, Corbin's playing Bad to the Bone on a harmonica horrendously. <laughs> and he's just doing a song about Elias, and he gets to the ring, and... He tells the ref, start the 10 count. Elias can't wrestle. He's going to forfeit if he can't answer the 10 count. Whatever. Fine. Elias comes out. You hear the strum. They wrestle for nine minutes. Probably one of, if not the the, the most boring match of the night for sure. Hmm. Elias goes over with a roll-up after King Corbin gets caught rolling up Elias and having his legs on the ropes. Yeah, yeah. This match, this match was a, a big old fart. So yeah, um, that was that, and moving on to the next match. I mean, so I'm a little surprised that this match came when it did. Although, I guess considering the rest of the card makes sense. I don't know, but we had Becky Lynch 
defending her Raw Women's Championship versus Shayna Baszler. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I just I'm looking at the wiki page. They had a shorter match than Elias and Corbin by yep. thirty seconds. Yep. 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 Um, oh, man, I don't. I have so much yet so little to say about this match. Oh, the, the one, the one thing that uh, this that stuck out to me the most for this match was these two women had zero chemistry, which is wild because I remember I feel like I remember them having good chemistry in the small interactions they've had since SummerSlam. I mean, since Survivor Series. Excuse me, Survivor Series. I mean, they could have verbal chemistry, but like actual physical chemistry is a different thing, and and it showed. Um, for me, this was like a. Maybe Becky's worst match as champion. Wow, it's saying a lot. Maybe Becky's worst match as champion. It's so Maybe Shane's worst match also. It's so unfortunate because I feel like when Survivor Series came and went, this was something that a lot of fans were excited for and something that I thought had heat. And I thought, okay, this is perfect for Shayna. I was like, this is going to make Shayna a big deal, quick and easy, and it's going to be, like, perfect. I thought this was great. However, between then and now, between time just elapsing, between Vince apparently souring on Shayna, and then the lack of chemistry that these two put on today, man, just Shayna losing... Losing the way she did and the way that the match came off, not a good look for Shayna Baszler. Like, it really does her harm. She had so much promise to be, like, the next big heel, but, ooh. This is a rough showing for her. Yeah. Not not just wrestling-wise, but booking-wise. Like, on both fronts, it was just not a good night for Shayna Baszler, and... I can't imagine, and it's so funny, it's like the match ends and they have the close-up on Shayna Baszler's face, and all I can think is, damn, what's going to happen to her now? I, I Okay, so the finish of the match was Baszler has Becky Lynch in the cure for the clutch, which is something that we've seen before when, when Shayna faced Kyrie Sane. She has in the cure for the clutch, and she reverses it into a pin to actually beat Shayna Baszler. This is the second time that Baszler's been beaten that way. Mm-hmm. And for Baszler to just to leave the ring and, like, scowl away, I was like, beat her up after the match or something. Like, yeah. do something. Don't, yeah. don't just leave. Yeah, get your heat back somehow. But she didn't, and Becky continues to be champion. I mean, uh, Manny Clash was messaging me during this, this match, and he's just like, um... That for him, Becky Lynch has has she's she's grown, grown stale. Like she she she's not progressing. She can't carry on the Stone Cold esque like bad good guy type like role anymore. There's just nothing she for her to do. I'm sorry. There's just nothing for her to do. So people for like Stone Cold never held the belt for a whole year. You know, like she if. <laughs> Every feud she's had, she wins. Mm-hmm. And then who's left on the roster? 
So that's what was one of the that's another reason why Shayna was so perfect because she was new to the to the main roster, quote unquote main roster. Um, so it's like, what did what did what is there for Be- for Becky to do? Becky, for her character to stay interesting, needed to have lost the belt, fought for it again, and had some sort of major rivalry, similar to the Sasha and Charlotte rivalry that like owned all of 2016. That rivalry yeah, was. Granted, there was a little hot potatoing of the title, but what made that rivalry so good is that you never knew who could win at any like any night was any night except for pay per views are obviously going to be Charlotte's night because God forbid. But you know the fact that there were title changes, the fact that there was a give and take, there was heat, there was it was a rivalry. Becky hasn't had a rivalry. Becky's had challengers who she's defeated and then moved on. So it's just like, of course, after a year, what what is there left for her to do? She should have lost this match. Because she should have lost this match uh, to Baszler just to progress a new storyline. Exactly. Um, uh, she needs she needs a if she's tr- if, they're, if they're trying to do this stone cold thing, they need to give her a Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not going to be organic. It's, it's going to be so transparent that people aren't going to take kindly to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need like Stephanie to to be Becky Lynch's like opposite to try to like break her down or something like that. But Stone Cold happened organically, where Becky Lynch and Stephanie would be like, "Oh, they're just copying and pasting from the nineties. That's right. terrible. Come up with something new." Right. Uh, I think that this is just a placeholder until after COVID-19 and then maybe Ronda comes back and they do something with that. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't, they gotta give her something to do because right now, I'm, it's, I don't get excited to watch Becky. I mean, I'm not one of the people that's like, oh, I'm over her, but I'm also not excited to see her. I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. I know how this is going to go. Moving on. You know? I mean, I've stated plenty of times that I, out of the original four horsewomen uh i thought becky was the weakest in terms of wrestling um to to keep the title for this long i mean congratulations but for me your her sale was her run was stale like SummerSlam for me so i i don't know where they can go from here um but i i don't want to say i'm in, excited to see where they go next but i'm more intrigued to see where they go next mm-hmm. you had you had Bezos, who was supposed to win the royal rumble didn't win the royal rumble she manhandled everyone at the elimination chamber just to lose at wrestlemania doesn't make sense to me yeah yeah the next match for me uh, i was <sighs> can we just t- tell the result and leave because uh, <laughs> i was <laughs> Daniel Bryan chasing Sami Zayn around the ring and Gulak is trying to stop Sami Zayn from running and Bryan tells him let him go and at like 5 he goes out grabs Sami and they fight for a little bit and then Sami hits a halloo kick out of nowhere and pins Daniel Bryan 1-2-3 I was like alright next yeah yeah the match was was a thing that happened I didn't realize it was nine minutes long because it felt like two minutes, but yeah, I'm way more interested in talking about the next match. 
best match of the night easily. Oof. Can, shall, shall we just can we just fast forward and go straight to it? Yes, sir. All right. So before the show goes to the main show, they announced during the kickoff show that the Miz would not be participating in tonight's events. After doing some research, turns out he got sick during recordings and was sent home immediately. Um, so what they did instead was they had a singles triple threat match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, just based on that premise alone, I was like, that's dumb, what are you doing? However, we got Jimmy Uso, representing the Usos, we got John Morrison, representing Miz and Morrison, hey hey ho ho, and Kofi Kingston, representing the New Day, and man, this match was something. This match was something on top of something with something on the side. Yes, sir, it was. It was a, a very spot-fest, heavy-hitting, entertaining match. Where, for me, this match worked well without a crowd because you hear them all talking crap to each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it, for me, it added to the match. Um, there was a, a spot where Jimmy's on a ladder, uh, prone on a ladder in the corner, and Morrison hits like a corkscrew splash on the, the ladder. And I'm just like, oh my lord, these men are going all out. Mm-hmm. This is this is a really good match. Um, there was one spot where Jimmy uh, gets tossed out, and he, if he falls over the barricade or something like that, and like, Everyone knows that he had, like, a mat there, like, a crash mat there, so he was going to be safe. But, man, not a not a bad word can be spoken about these men. Not a bad word can be spoken about this match. Um, but, uh, at least for me, uh, the ending of the match is something that I saw coming a mile away. Really? So... I mean, you you mentioned that. So, again, as you mentioned before, we were in the group chat. And um, I and, um, and, and Big Sexy, the big dog, were completely just, like, enamored. And you were like, yeah, I saw this coming. And I was like, how? In my head, I'm like, how? I've, ne- I've never seen this pulled off. Not that it's been a pull off, but I've never seen them try something like this where... So the the finishes, though, three of them are on the ladder. They're all at the top. They're you know jostling well, for the. Well, well set, set set the stage first. It's John Morrison and Kofi Kingston. Right. They're 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 throwing the fisticuffs with each other. They're trying to reach for the belt. They can't reach it. Now remember that the belts are ne- are going to be on a hook, on a hanger. Right. So once I see the hanger, I'm like, hmm. Jimmy's going to come in. They're all going to be jostling for it. And all three men, or somebody's going to unhook it while all three men have their hand on the, the hanger. But they're always, but the belts are always on the hanger. So where would you, how did you figure to come into play today above all other matches? For me, I was just, um, I go back to 
there was a match of I think it was Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels in a ladder match, mm-hmm. and Chris Jericho and, and Michaels both unhook the belt and they're both holding it, and Chris Jericho's basically trying to fall off the ladder to to use his weight to snatch the belt out of his hands, and I instantly went back to that and I was like, hmm, they're all gonna unhook it. No winner until they actually have the belts. Mm-hmm. So while two men are fighting for it, the heel, obviously, Morrison, is going to unhook the belts and fall off, therefore winning the match. And that's exactly what happened. And I was like, you know what? I'm happy with that result. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, we, I found zero wrong with this match. I thought the match was good. I thought the finish was good. Everything about the match, I was totally on board for it. Yeah, I mean, even though I saw, uh, the, like, saw the finish coming, I was still happy about the journey getting there. I was, I was still no complaints for me. I was really excited. I was really um, deeply invested into this match once the bell rang. Yeah. So, no, no complaints in that match. Hundred percent. I believe the, the next, next match, match is yours, sir. I'm sorry? I believe the next match is yours, sir. So the next match is the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens taking, you know, taking their, what is this, two or three month long feud so far? Mm-hmm. The match was, was good. It wasn't great, it was good. You had Seth beating down Kevin. You're not going to get your WrestleMania moment. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, talking down on him. Kevin starts getting the upper hand. They make their way outside. And Seth Rollins hits Kevin Owens with the ring bell to get disqualified. Yeah. Which, lame. Yeah. Everyone was saying, uh, I-, I said, especially, this is lame. Why do this uh, after all this time? And then Seth Rollins is making his way up the ramp, and Kevin Owens grabs him. I'm like, "You're not going to be in control of this. Um, let's do this again. No disqualification match." So Seth Rollins like, "You want you want to me to, to, to keep you know beating you down? I'll I'll happily oblige you." Mm-hmm. They get to the ring. They start scrapping again, and uh, you message the group chat. And you're like. Man, those chair shots that Seth was delivering to Kevin Owens Oof. definitely helped um, tell more of a story, especially because it's an empty arena. You heard those chair shots echo throughout the empty arena. Mm-hmm. For sure. Dude, especially after like the first one, I was like, oh. And the second one hit, I was like, oh. And I was just like, yo, these chair shots just, they sound thunderous. And they, those were absolute stingers. Um, both men, they, they clear up the table. Seth Rollins ends up on the table, and Kevin Owens just disappears for a second. Gets on this the backdrop for the WrestleMania 30, well, just WrestleMania logo. Yeah. And he said, how about this for your uh, WrestleMania moment, Seth? And what I thought he was going to deliver was a frog splash, but it was just an elbow. And Seth Rollins sold... Like an sob, I mean, it was perfect. He he hit flush, like mm-hmm. it was a perfect elbow drop, and I was. And it's so funny because like 
I feel like all three of us, you, me, and Big Sexy, were all kind of just like watching the match passively. And then <clears throat> once that, I was like, yo. And Joey goes, okay. And I forgot what your response was. All three was just like, oh, okay. Now now you're having a match. Sounds fine. Okay. Yeah. I was like, okay, that was... That, that was that was that was that was a spot spot. Yeah, like that was a spot spot. But my thing was, why not start this? Why not have this match start as a no disqualification match? Why have the 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 fakey finish just to do a no disqualification match? Because I you have to. Better- because you have to have the the story thread that Seth Rollins is a coward and is a cheat. And, you know, that whole thing, the fact that he was willing to go for the DQ to get out of the match so that he doesn't have to actually have the match with Kevin Owens. I get all that. But for me, I was like, I feel like you could have had more of a storyline with a no disqualification match. Now, granted, the way that it ended, fine. You don't really get much complaints from me. Right. But um, I I didn't like the fakey finish. Um, For story purposes, I guess it worked. But... I was like, ah, whack. It was fine. Um, and to me, it was kind of like, you know, we're... The the wrestling on the show was starting to, to you know... We had the Sammy versus Daniel Bryan match, which was kind of like whatever, but it was a decently wrestled match. We had the ladder match, which was a really good match. This match was wrestled well. So I was like, okay, we're, we're in a pocket now. We, we've now settled into a wrestling pocket. Or so I thought. Not not the last of matches. <laughs> well, hey, you leave the main event alone. So, the following match, the penultimate match of the evening, was Bill Oldberg defending his Blue Universal Championship versus Braun Strowman. Now, I want to go ahead and admit... Defeat and tip my hat to thee, because to me, I said there's no way that Goldberg loses this match. I said there's no way that Braun Strowman is going to walk in, defeat Goldberg, Goldberg who they treat like gold, Braun hasn't been doing anything, there's no setup to this match, just blah blah not going to happen. And you said... Nope, Braun's going to win. And two minutes and ten seconds later, you were right, and I was wrong. Well, the prophet strikes again, first of all. <laughs> Second, you, you can't keep the belt on, on Goldberg. Right. There's, there's no point to keep the belt on Goldberg. He's not going to be wrestling. He's a part timer. Mm-hmm. They need to start building other guys. Right. Uh, Braun Strowman fans would have been happy a year ago, two years ago. Yeah. When he was supposed to get this, but didn't. Now they can just start a a, a feud with Strowman and Braun when they finally get things rolling again. Right. So I was like, it makes more sense. I mean. They can't just sell the Goldberg Roman Reigns thing as 
spear versus spear. No yeah. one cares. Yeah. Ron and and Roman have history. Hell in the Cell matches, so on and so forth. Like they have history. Right. So why not have Braun carry the belt for a while and I don't know, figure something out in the future. I mean, you got the time for it. Yeah, no, you're look, you at the end of the day, you were right. And I was flat out wrong. I'm just hoping that I'm right tomorrow night. The very big five woman match. Yo, that if you if you get that match right tomorrow, I I've already said, well, you and I already discussed this. It's just, oh, man. Well, I, one, I win the weekend. Second, I, you will call me by what I am rightfully. So, that's, that, that's, that, that goes without saying. But, I mean, in the beginning of the match, because, again, it, was, it wasn't much offense. And it was four spears and four power slams, and that's it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because, again, I was adamant even as the match was progressing because they were like Hall of Famer, champion, Bill Goldberg. He opens with three spears. I'm just like, oh, see? There we go. And then after the third spear, I was like, wait, too soon. And Braun kicked out of the third spear, and I was like, oh, man. I know where this is going now. I mean, there's, again, there's not really much to, to discuss with this match yep. except four spears and four power slams, and now we have a new universal champion, or as Thrill likes to call it, the blue universal champion. <laughs> and and that was, for me, I, I, they were speeding through this card. Speeding through this card. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of the oh. matches were only nine minutes. Four and a half, fifteen, nine, eight and a half, nine and a half. Yeah, there, there wasn't, you know, there was no. I mean, technically, we had ten matches on the card with Mojo Raleigh beating True Truth for the twenty four seven championship. True, true, true. But who cares about that? I don't. I, I, I did enjoy um, Gronk and uh, Mojo were talking, and they were up in the nest. And, you know, R-Truth comes out, and he's like, yo, you guys are being too loud. They're going to get me. They're going to find me. And he goes, Gronk, don't get crunk. And I was like, stop it. I hate you. Um, so I did enjoy that. I'm not going to lie. But it was dumb. Yeah, I mean, for me, Gronkowski and Mojo Raleigh being there was, I mean, these guys look like two roided, coked-out <laughs> frat boys who snuck into a gym, and they're just yelling stuff. I was like, there's no reason for them to be here. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Mad Coke. Anyway, let's, shall we move on to the main event? To the main event. The, <laughs> the Boneyard <laughs> match between Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, Alan Jones Styles. Um, uh, I don't know where to start, where to go. Um, I guess we can start at the beginning, right? That's, that's yeah, totally yeah. Okay, so there's a hearse that backs up into 
uh, some makeshift graveyard, farmhouse, something like that. <laughs> uh, two druids come out and they pull a casket down. They lean it out of the, the, the back of the hearse and they open it. And everyone thinks it's going to be The Undertaker, but it's AJ Styles. And AJ's, where are you, old man? Come out and fight, blah, blah, blah. And for me, because, you know, Will the Thrill is my best friend, there's a certain, you know, musical interest that he has. And I obviously listen to the same music he does for the most part. I'm like, oh, I actually know that song. Hmm, that's Metallica. Again, I don't know the name of the song, but it's Metallica. Now that we're dead. I'm sorry? Now that we're dead. Loser. Anyway. <laughs> Fanboy. Difference. Anyway. Undertaker's, uh, they don't really show him, but there's some guy riding a motorcycle <sighs> wearing jeans. Uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, once they, they pan up to the seated uh, of the motorcycle and you see Undertaker's tattoos, you're like, alright, we're going to get a match. And the match is... In the beginning, it turns out to a brawl. Like, they're, you know, they're trash-talking each other. They're punching each other. They're hitting each other. At some point, uh, Undertaker tries to smash AJ's hand, head yep. through a, a, the, the glass window of the hearse. With a lead pipe. Hits his hand. Um, and he's like, you, you made me bleed. Now you're in trouble. And they're, they're just, they're going back and forth and... um. For me, I'm like, man, this is cringy as hell. But it's also entertaining. So, first of all, I thought Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, whichever you want to call them, showed more personality in this match than in any other part of his career. Where, like you said, when he went to go hit AJ with the lead pipe in the glass, he's like, oh man, look what you made me do now. Like... When have we ever seen Undertaker display that sort of personality? You know? Uh, when he was the American badass, and uh, he was kind of like trash talking DDP on the whole, like, true, true, stalker true. angle. Listen, I try to ignore yeah. that because, like, they did my man DDP real bad. I try to pretend it didn't yeah. happen. But, uh, it's, um, what did I say? But I look, for what it was, and obviously we're still talking about, we're going to go through it more, but. You said it was weird but entertaining. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, know. For for whatever reason, maybe just the mood that I'm in, I don't know, but maybe it was the fact that you have Undertaker coming out to Metallica, set me in the mood right to start. I was all in. I was all in the entire match. Uh Again, I went in I went in here thinking, this is about to be a goofy-ass match, but I, I'm going to take it for what it is. Who cares? You know, let, let's let's try to have fun with it. And they had fun with it, you yeah. know? Um, they, they beat the hell out of each other. We they had what looked like was going to be, like, a squash, because, like, Undertaker had gotten AJ into the, into the burial, into the plot, whatever you want to call it, and then um, Gals and Anderson come out, and they're like, yo... You thought this is over? Nah, son. We're just getting started. So then we have Taker versus the OC. And then uh, AJ comes back to the mix. So then we... 
the OC came out with druids and they're circling uh, Taker and Taker's like, are we going to do this or what? And like, then he, yeah, like, he basically goes, disposes of everyone. He's like, well, if we're going to do this, let's do this then. I was like, yo, I love it. I loved it so much. It's so dumb. I loved it. So he beats up basically all the druids and, and Carl Anderson and, and Luke Gallows start attacking him. AJ gets back into the mix after Undertaker disposes of them. And at some point, they start um, they start fighting, and they end up against the uh, I guess the, the the doors of the barn. Mm-hmm. And AJ spears Taker through it, and Taker's age showed at that moment. Yeah, where he's just gasping for air bro he is moaning like a like someone in an old folks home during a game of bingo oh man he is wheezing he is moaning he is like like man (sighs) (sighs) I was like oh my god he's this old man down he is dying he's like you're done old man blah 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 all this other stuff I'm like hmm okay so AJ starts to drag uh, Undertaker towards the grave plot and uh, he hits him in the back with a shovel, breaks the shovel, Undertaker gets, you know, falls into the grave plot and AJ gets on the, the mower of lawns cousin, <laughs> the, the, the digger of graves and he starts it up and for me, I thought this was the end of the match. Wow, AJ Styles actually going to beat the Undertaker. But no, no, no. I was wrong. Taker shows up behind AJ, and I guess he's starting to use his mythical powers now. Uh, he starts putting a being on AJ, and he grabs AJ by the throat, and he's like, say my wife's name. You were calling me old? And AJ's like, please don't bury me. Please don't bury me. And he's like, I'm not going to bury me. I'm, I'm not going to bury you, man. Um... You put up a hell of a fight, kid. Blah, blah, blah. All this other stuff. Come on. And he kind of like hugs him. And he goes, this ain't over yet. And they make their way up to the top of the barn area. And Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are both there. I think he throws Luke Gallows off. And then tombstones Carl Anderson on the top of the roof. And I was like, rest in peace, Undertaker's knees, because that sounded like it hurt. Yeah. After that, he chokeslams uh, AJ off. And I'm like, all right. Now we're getting to the conclusion of the match. Yeah. Um, and Taker's sitting there. like he's, he's dragging AJ. He has him there. And... Uh, what, he doesn't choke slam him. He punches him in or something like that. So you, yeah, you got you got some of the uh, the order mixed up. This is when he starts doing the whole "Don't bury me" and he's kind of hogging him because it's like I was like, yo, they're starting to draw this out a little bit. So okay, he has him at the edge of the of the plot, and that's when he's like, "Please don't bury me." He's like, "I'm not gonna bury you." Then he like looks like he's gonna walk away, and then he turns around and gives AJ the kick to the midsection. AJ falls into the plot. And then Taker gets onto the Digger of Graves, buries him, does the whole hand thing, gets on his motorcycle, we out. Yes, then that happens. And while while Taker's about to ride away, 
uh, at the grave plot, you see AJ Styles' goofy-ass hand come out. (laughs) What is clearly a fake AJ Styles' hand is left sticking from the grave. We get the watermark. Night one of WrestleMania ends. And you, myself, and, and Joey are like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> oh my, look, I don't, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what we watched, but it was, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was cheesy, it was corny, but it tickled all of my funny bones. You know, I spent a lot of time in my youth watching, you know, American Baz Undertaker. So it was kind of nostalgic for me. And then he's also still doing the spooky do stuff. So, like, I'm down with that. And it was just, I don't know, it was theatrical, it was dramatic, it was stupid, it was entertaining, it was fun. I was all about it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part also. I felt like the match we did go a little long. Yeah. But, um... <sighs> Where do you go from here, you know? Yeah, so that's actually, um, as soon as the match ended, my brother called me. And that's what he was saying. He's like, you know, it doesn't make sense for Undertaker to have won because storyline, if Taker loses, he can just come back because he's the Undertaker and he can revisit this later. You know, because he's not going to be a full-timer, so he doesn't have to show up until he's ready to show up at SummerSlam or something. But when AJ's a full-timer, where do you go from here? You could have had AJ beat Taker, and then this could have been like riding off Taker for a while. You know, you could have done anything with this. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that they're going to have AJ Styles retire Undertaker. That's definitely a no go. Why not? So Vince McMahon is not going to let a TNA guy retire one of, if not, like, his top five biggest superstars of all time. But you know that Callaway has enough pull that he would be able to tell Vince who he wants. Yeah, but... If Taker wanted to be AJ, it'll be AJ. Yeah, but it wasn't going to be. That's the thing. But what I'm I'm saying is that if he wants it to be, it will be. If they decide somewhere down the line that it's going to be, and if Undertaker sees, okay, let this kid be the one to retire me, Vince is not going to say no. If AJ was younger, I'd agree with you. If AJ was younger, I agree with you. But AJ's in his 40s now. There's no point. There's no point for sure, but in terms of doing it out of respect and in terms of Undertaker getting his way... If he wants it to be AJ, it will be AJ. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. I guess, I guess you're right. I'm not saying it should be, but if Mark Calloway wakes up tomorrow and goes, I want AJ Styles to retire me, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So, anyway, let's let's do what we do here in Grapples of Apples. Shades. We got to talk about our match of the night. I think it's a no-brainer, but just humor me. Who you got? Uh, definitely a ladder match. For me, the ladder match was absolutely no-brainer of the night. In terms of real wrestling, uh, real storytelling, real entertainment, uh, the ladder match covered all bases. In terms of like 
what the heck is going on here, entertainment, I would choose the Boneyard match. But for me, I'm going ladder match. Agreed. I 100% agree. I thought the ladder match was near flawless. My, I mean, you know, there was. I can't imagine anything that I would do differently. I thought the ladder match was terrific. I loved the Boneyard match, but that's it's silliness. In terms of an actual, like, wrestling match for the, sh- for the night, it's definitely got to be the triple threat match. Yeah. All right. And now for the fun part. When it comes to pay-per-views, some people do stars. Some people do, you know, letter grades. Here at Grapples Apples, we do topes. Zero topes if this, if this is victory, TNA Victory Road 2014. Or 2004, sorry. Or, you know, five topes if this is New Japan Dominion 6-9 from 2018. So, Shades, how many topes? Where where does WrestleMania 36 Part 1 land for you? Uh, I, I don't know. Or do, you, or, know. or do we want to save it and give it one giant rating tomorrow? No, we did Wrestle Kingdom. We did two nights. We did two reviews. Uh, we did two grades. We're going to continue the trend. I agree. Uh, do you have your grade? Not at all. Not yet. I'm thinking. <sighs> Alright, so I'm going to try to stall a little bit while I, uh, I mull over the card because... I mean, I could, I could talk mine through while I'm doing it. So, like, if I'm starting at a 2.5... Uh, Bliss and Cross, keep it there. Elias and Corbin, take it down to a 2.25. Lynch and Baszler, leave it at 2.25. Sammy and Dana Bryan, don't move it. Morris, uh, the triple threat match will move it to at least a 2.5, maybe a 2.75 even. Rollins and Owens keeps it there. Strowman and Goldberg keeps it there. Taker and Styles, you know what, I'll... I'll, I'll finish this off with at a 2.75. I'll agree with you. I was like, yeah, he's going, he's going through the math and and and, and he, he's staying at 2.75 with the Braun Strowman thing. And I was like, although entertaining, the match doesn't boost them to right. a three. Right. There's no way this game would be the three. Right. So uh, I'm safe giving the first night a 2.75 for yep. sure. I agree. 2.75. Okay. We agree on that. Look at that. Look at that. Well, folks, <laughs> it's been an interesting night, but this is going to wrap up our <laughs> recap and review of WrestleMania 36 Part 1. Not live from the WWE Performance Center and other places. Oh, night two is actually going to be other places. Night one was just at the Performance Center. Hello, the Boneyard match. Oh, excuse me. I'm so stupid. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apples. Let's Grapples the number two apples. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That is Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples to Apples. Again, that's Grapples the number two 
Apples. If you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Play Music, you got Apple Podcasts. Doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you're listening. Doesn't matter on what social media page you're on. Just make sure you get us in as many eyes and ears as humanly possible, as we appreciate it so dearly. As always, I've been one of your hosts. Ill Bill the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is. Join remotely. Bye. Well, man of the hour, man with the power, always practicing social distancing, <laughs> and and I guess not too sour tonight. <laughs> Cream of the crop, rise to the top, your boy, Shakes. Don't forget to tune in again tomorrow night next week and every other week because an apple a day keeps the bad rustling away. Peace. Peace and love.